that that dad set up. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> injury, right. injury, Mageddon this week, huh? Yeah, big time, big time. All right, looks like Hamu's gonna jump on, but we'll just go ahead and get started now. So, football fans, welcome to the NFL Week Seven recap roundtable. This is the Football v Football podcast. How y'all doing today? Good, man. Victory Sunday. There you go. There you go. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and start with the recap of the games, and then we're going to finish with the hottest take, the most controversial opinion of the the week. But we're going to go ahead and start with the New York Giants beating the Jacksonville Jaguars 23-17. This game came down to one yard. Uh... Christian Kirk caught the ball at the one with a chance to tie and take the lead. And there was an amazing tackle at the one-yard line. And uh, as Hamu joins here, the worst 5-1 team in the league becomes the worst 6-1 team in the league. (laughs) Figure it out a way. What do you all have to say about this one? Yeah, man. I uh, you called it. It's they're now the worst six and one team in NFL history. Um, and I think you know when a team like that keeps winning, and I say it every week, it's a testament to their coaching. And I think you know they're they're kind of you know scrapping their way through some of these wins. I, I think Jacksonville is probably actually more talented than the Giants, to be quite honest with you. I think they have better weapons. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. As much as I have uh, kind of been hating on the Giants a little bit, I have to give them credit. At this point, you know, six wins is pretty impressive. Uh, so just to get to this point, so that was kind of. And I, the other point that I wanted to make actually, real quick, was I'm starting to wonder about Trevor Lawrence a little bit because there was a point in that game where, you know, towards the end of that game where I was looking at his stat line, which I know isn't always telling, but. You know, he was completing somewhere, he was hovering near 40% of his passes, and it's just, or 50%, I'm sorry. And I'm just starting to wonder if, I don't think he's, I think it's still too early to call some, you know, him a bust, but it's just, we give a lot of these other quarterbacks, including from the same class, you know, uh, a much harder time. And it's just, for whatever reason, seems like he's getting this pass. Um, so that did kind of stand out to me. It's, you know, when are we going to see or start seeing him make these next or take these next steps? Um, that's kind of what I'm waiting to see from him. Yeah. Can someone tell me where 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 this game went wrong? I, I honestly just thought the Jags were going to win this. I mean, it just, it just looked like the Jags were winning it the entire way. They were running it very well. They were throwing the ball very well, it seemed. Even though we're ta- you're talking about Trevor Lawrence, it seemed like he was delivering seeds there to Christian Kirk and everybody, really. Um, I, I honestly don't know how the Giants pulled this one off. I don't know when they pulled this one off. The only answer I can think of is Saquon Barkley, but that was, that was a sneaky win by the Giants. Yeah, it's, it's been uh, Barkley and Dable. That seems to be what the consistent theme for the Giants. Um, <clears throat> I think the, the key turnover was Etienne when they were driving and you know he had a great game but that fumble was uh so pivotal um the Giants did lose Bellinger early it looked like a nasty eye poke but it was good that they got um Wandell involved early it seemed like he's a nice little weapon for Daniel Jones 
you know, Daniel Jones had a nice, nice little game. Um, but yeah, when it comes down to those Giants, it's it's Barkley and Dable. Yeah, very very sneaky game. And all the notes I had on this game were for the Jaguars. Etn when he scored his first ever NFL touchdown, I thought, man, this guy is gonna have a big day. And then he almost went in for a second touchdown, and they got popped out. That was going to be a touchdown. I mean, they they, they recovered yeah. that fumble yeah. before it became a touchdown. I thought Evan Ingram. He did have a big game, though. That's the crazy part. He did. He ended up overall having a big game, but that fumble yeah. was just so bad because it was going to be a touchdown. And I looked at also Evan Ingram. When I, when I see him running routes, he looks like a wide receiver. He doesn't even look like a tight end to me. And then in the beginning of the game, uh, you know, Lawrence and that offense looked very, very sharp. And then as the game went on, they were just like inaccurate passes, drop passes. And really, like you mentioned, it was Barkley. It was Wandale Robinson. This guy came out of nowhere. Uh, and that was it. And it was the defense. And they found a way to win this game. And you know what? That's kind of a, a theme with these Giants. They don't look like they deserve to win these games. But they win for whatever reason. The little things. Um, did you guys know that Daniel Jones had 100 yards rushing in this game? You know, I saw in, po- I, in pockets. It's like insane. Yeah. There were pockets where he would, they, they were missing tackles from him, and it was just like maybe like 10 yards here, 10 yards there, 10 yards here, 5 yards there. Um, How about James Robinson? Is he getting phased out? Uh, if it were up yeah, to... Yeah, he did. Yeah. I mean, I think Etienne is a better running back. I think James Robinson can still have utility maybe as a change of pace back. Yeah. But Etienne... Needs to not fumble there. That's that to me. That was a difference in the game. That fumble and then the Giants just knowing how to do the small things to win. But we'll go ahead and move on to the next game. The Carolina Panthers beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers twenty-one to three. Early in this game, Carolina didn't go for it on a fourth and inches, and I thought to myself, why would anyone not go for it on fourth and inches early in the game? But then after that happened. They dominated the rest of the game, both on offense and defense. I have more to say about this game, but I'm going to go ahead and let you guys tell me what you saw. Uh, hey. What's up, Roddy? <laughs> what did you guys What's see up, in guys? this game? What's up, Roddy? We're talking about the Panthers beating the Buccaneers. Oh, okay. So you're talking about two teams who don't matter playing each other. And one of those teams is going to, I don't know, not make the playoffs, and the other, I don't know. Actually, I think the Buccaneers are going to make the playoffs, just because of Tom Brady, boys. What did everyone else see? I can't agree. I cannot agree right now. I'm watching Brady not being able I mean, it's either he's overthrowing his receivers, receivers are not catching the easy passes. It's horrible football on both sides, even on the defense. Um, the Carolina Panthers looked like they wanted to put on some good tape, and the whole team did. It was, it was a beautiful performance. Um, by the Panthers, uh, I mean, now the Buccaneers, a few games in a row, just putting it, putting together zero offense whatsoever. Horrible. Um, horrible performance by them, and I think I think you should sell all stock on the Bucs this season. Ooh. Yeah, so I, I actually barely even saw any of this game, so I probably can't give too much. Um, but I'm a little surprised because I thought that the Panthers would kind of just roll over at this point. But I don't know. Maybe you have maybe you have a bunch of guys who feel like they have something to prove 
like you know, like you have PJ Walker who's trying to show what he can do. Who, by the way, I like as like a capable, you know, kind of second quarterback or something like that. So I don't know. Maybe that's what was going on here. This that you have guys with pride who are trying to show up. XFL legend PJ Walker. Yeah. Uh, maybe the problem with Christian McCaffrey this whole time. <laughs> maybe. No way. <clears throat> I was thinking my, my Steelers were like, you know, turning things around, but now that Tampa Bay comes to Carolina and this happens, now I gotta question everything. <laughs> yeah. Some, you know, some people say that Tom Brady was under some witchcraft from his ex wife. And now that she's gone, no more witchcraft, no more W's. Yeah. Uh, you, they, you know, <laughs> th- 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 there are so many possible explanations for this game. I mean, Tampa Bay offense, like Hamoud mentioned, was inexplicably poor like these are some of the same weapons they've had for for these years where they won the super bowl and they're just not connecting um i thought the tampa bay defense overall i think it's a good defense but when your team doesn't score for three straight quarters you start to get tired and discouraged and you know when we're talking about possible reasons for this this crazy crazy uh win by the panthers or the buccaneers i thought one, divisional games are unpredictable. Okay, that's one possible reason. Number two, when there's this level of chaos in an organization, some people have no option but to to thrive in the chaos because nothing phases them anymore. Number three, what Raldi just mentioned, which is the Ewing theory, shout out to, to Bill Simmons, that when your best player leaves, you rally together and you play better. Uh, number four, maybe, uh, like uh, Raldi mentioned also, uh, Giselle is maybe constantly nagging Tom Brady at home, and he's just he's just so frustrated, and he just can't get anything done. And you know, another reason possibly uh, Mercury, Venus, Pluto, all these planets are in retrograde. That's really like that, like the only like this was the most shocking, the most shocking win of the season. Um, but anyway, we'll we'll see where it goes from here. I mean, Tampa Bay, I'm very pleased as as a fan of a team in the NFC to see them struggle like this. Um, and speaking of struggling, we'll move on to the Washington commanders beating the green Bay Packers 23 to 21 early in this game. Heineke threw some atrocious passes early in this game, but then as the game moved on, I have to say Washington is absolutely blessed to have a receiver like Terry McLaurin and they hadn't maximized his potential until today. Hamoud. I told you guys if we lost, it would be because of our kicker. I will say our kicker really tried to lose us that game early on. With that said, man, it's just a scrappy quarterback. He is. He just finds a way to get things done, whether it's on offense, whether it's week one, whether it's the playoffs, whether he loses or wins, he really finds a way to keep these games close, make it competitive, and with a Packers offense that just can't cook right now, I... I mean, our defense looked looked like the best I've ever seen, and 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 that's just not the case with our defense right now. So the fact that we look that good um, tells me the Packers are in big, big trouble. But man, I love watching some Heineke football. That's for sure. That's that's a true Expo legend right there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Gibson. I thought Antonio Gibson made for a great receiver in this game. Um, he had a great catch in the end of the end zone for a touchdown. 
I think if as they use him more as a receiver instead of a running back and, and they, they start using Robinson more, I think that's going to be great for their offense. Um, I thought the Packers receivers were so unbelievably bad today. And they have been like this entire year. And I think that's an unsustainable situation. And if they want to accomplish anything this year, they're going to have to trade for, for a receiver. Um, and yeah, I thought at the end of the game, there was some questionable play calling by Washington. I mean, they almost kind of blew this game towards the end. Um, they were throwing the ball with like a lead at the end of the game and they, and, and they got sacked. And I don't know, there's all kind of craziness going on at the end of the game. But um, yeah, what, what else did you guys see in this game? Any other, any other final thoughts? The Packers are losing to the, I refuse to call them the Commanders, to the Redskins. We have a huge problem on our hands. This is unbelievable. Yeah. I think the Packers are done, boys. The Packers are done. <coughs> Calling it. This is Aaron Rodgers' last season as a Green Bay Packer. He's going to leave. It's looking bad. And as good as the Commanders looked, oh, I just did it. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I think this was um, this is less on how good the, the 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 commanders are, and more on how bad the Green Bay Packers are. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would I would actually agree with Radia, but, but um, I think the Packers' offense, at least, is like it's just not you know it's like very disjointed right now. He has a very sloppy relationship with his receivers like the connection isn't there and you know I, this kind of you know big pet peeve of mine is when people keep saying that you know oh you can just give these quarterbacks any receive certain quarterbacks any receivers and they're just making no no every quarterback needs help now there are some quarterbacks who can make guys better, but every quarterback needs help every quarterback needs a line every quarterback needs receivers every quarterback needs run like i don't care what you're seeing right now is you're seeing Rodgers with the group that he is not, which is probably why he said, hey, guys, let's simplify this offense a little bit and maybe it'll start clicking. I know I said that we'd see that this week. We obviously didn't. So it's something I just keep an eye out moving forward. If maybe they, tr they try to do that to kind of – or if they make a move for somebody like a DJ Moore or somebody to try to get this offense going. Good call. Good call. They need him. Yeah. That'd be a great move. Um, yeah, he needs some help. Man, what happened to AJ Dillon? Man, that was one of my sleepers this year. It's just been disgusting. Uh, yeah. All the fantasy heads out there. I don't think I can even start him anymore. It's just getting uh, infuriating at this point. But but on the other side of the ball, I think the um, the football team. I'm gonna keep calling them the football team. Uh, <laughs> they, had, they had a really good uh, game plan uh, with the rush and I think now that they have B-Rob and Gibson going that's a nice little one-two punch and I think the difference you gotta give it to uh, he looked he still looked horrible but I guess it's just that grit that uh, Heineke has over uh, Wentz um, that just gives him that, that scrappy edge I think that was the difference this game convinced me to go take the vaccine guys honestly I was on Aaron Rodgers' team but after this I'm going to go get every booster available. This is not working out. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> what a comment. Yeah, I mean, you know, it got so bad that he was using Aaron Jones as his primary receiver. Um, and, you know, A.J. Dillon, I, I thought his only possibility to thrive is 
in like a good passing offense, and it's not a good passing yeah. offense, so they're struggling big time. It's going to be interesting to see. Again, another NFC team struggling. I'm very happy to see it. But we'll move on to the Baltimore Ravens beating the, the Cleveland Browns 23-20. to Um. I thought Patrick Queen and, and, and the Baltimore defense uh, really stood out in this game. They had a couple big tackles for loss, really set the tone. But I thought the star of this game was Gus Edwards, who uh, got a couple touchdowns and led this offense. What did y'all see? Gus the bus. Gus the bus is a machine. Oh my gosh, it, it, it's it's about time he's back because J.K. Dobbins, I think, was was who we were expecting to see in this role. Um, he goes down obviously with his injury. And Gus the bus comes in and steals the show. Um, that's, I mean, that's the main reason they got. With with that said, by the way, the Ravens were about to give this game away just like they have for the past for the past few weeks. Um, they really were. I was getting scared there for my prediction. I was like, "There's no way. There's no way to do this one more time." And they didn't. But they looked really vulnerable to it. But divisional games, I'll give it to them. They they found a way to stay in it and. I think Gus the Bus was really the answer they needed there. Yep. How much do the Ravens need a new quarterback or no? You asking me? Yeah. They got the W. Okay. So, okay, since, since you prompted this. So, the, 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 smart, the, the, the smartest thing that John Harbaugh did, because he noticed what was happening in previous games, is uh, with 7.30 uh, left in the fourth quarter, he stopped letting Lamar throw the ball. You look, look, go ahead and look at the play-by-play. They didn't throw a single pass with three, uh, with seven minutes and 30 seconds left in this game, and that's exactly why they won this game. Not only did Lamar Jackson run, Gus uh, Edwards ran, Justice Hill ran, and Mark Andrews ran the ball. The reason they won this game is because they ran and they took the ball out of Lamar's hands. That's why. I, I, I did not think you were going to be prepared. i got to be honest. Props to you. Always. But yeah, I mean, you know, talking about the Browns, I thought Jacoby Brissett, you know, he continues to be a gritty player. I think he's like very, he's like on the cusp of being a starter, but he just doesn't make these big plays at the end of the game. He's in, he's in no man's land. He's, uh, he's a great backup and kind of like a eh starter. Yeah. Agreed. All right, moving on to the next game. Cincinnati Bengals beat the Atlanta Falcons. 35-17. to 17. The story of this game, Joe Burrow, combining both passing and running, had 501 yards and four touchdowns. Burrow, Chase, and Higgins, an extremely dangerous offensive trio. What did you guys see? All right, I'm going to say on the Pick'em Show, I said that Jamar Chase kind of broke out like of this little funk that he was in, and he carried it over into this game. I didn't expect... That I didn't expect like 500 yards from Burrow, but uh, you know I, I'm not surprised given the offense, like the weapons that they have. I was, I think they've kind of been in a funk to start the year, and now like they're kind of starting to break out of it. I don't know if they're Super Bowl contenders, but I think they're a good team. Um, you know, they'll definitely be in like the playoff divisional uh, hunt. So um, yeah, that's my thing for the for the Bengals. I think with with the Falcons, you know what I keep seeing and I. You know, I, I didn't watch much of this game either, but it, it's just fascinating to me that they have so many uh, offensive weapons in the passing game, and they're not using any of them. Like London, Pitts, nothing. Like, I have no idea 
why they're scheming their offense like this. It might be because they don't trust Mariota, which I kind of understand. But at the same time, you got to figure this out because you can't have like an abundance of wealth at those positions and not use them. That's a great point uh, by Omar. They were, they were down this game the entire game. And uh, Mariota only attempted 13 passes. Like, I don't know what Arthur Smith was doing. Uh, I guess they don't trust him. Um, and just like I said, last week was funny. Last week, Mariota had that little glimmer of hope, but I still was kind of skeptical, thinking it was going to be uh, Ritter season. I think it's not – it might have – the pe- pendulum might have swung back the other way, and I think it might be Ritter season. Uh, again, just be – it's just unacceptable. I mean, L- London had one catch, and then Pitts – three catches for nine yards. Like, I don't care how how much you want to, like, you know, commit to the run. You can't have two superstars getting four catches total. It's just absurd. When did London and Pitts become superstars? <laughs> Man, what? Pitt? Yeah, that's, that's not <coughs> a point, but I think, I think London definitely has a pedigree. First receiver taken in the draft, and he's already showing – Every catch he makes is pretty unbelievable. It's just he's not getting the, uh, the looks. And Pitts, yeah, I think Pitts could be potentially overrated. But, again, he has, like, the um, – what, what are one of those stats? Like, the air yards. I saw some kind, some type of comparison this week where, basically, he's, you know, he's running as many routes and, and getting open just as much as, like, Kelsey. But he's just not getting the, um, the looks. And, you know, we get it. It's, it's the Falcons' offense. But – got to adjust it. you got to make sure your playmakers, you know, get some chances at least. I yeah. thought this was one of those games where it's obvious that the Bengals are going to win. They're just clearly a superior team. Um, yes, Jamar Chase and Burrow played well. Honestly, Burrow's starting to look good. He always looked good, but he looks really good. But this is the Falcons, man. They're, gar- they're a garbage team. That last big win was pure luck. But here's the thing about the Bengals. It doesn't matter how good they are. They will always remain the Bengals. Which means they will not do anything. I can co-sign to that. I can co-sign to that. Wow. <laughs> Getting to the Super Bowl last year wasn't enough. But, but they're catching fire, though. They are catching yeah, I fire. mean, listen. Um, so, you're right. This pa- I mean, when I look at these passing stats for the Falcons, Pitts, London, and Zacchaeus combined for 51 total yards. 51. Uh, Mariota completed only eight passes all game. Eight passes. I mean, I don't even know. Like, like, like. You even look at the rushing statistics. Like, like, how many plays did, did the Falcons even have in this game? Like, it, it, I, if I were to go back and check, I'm sure the Bengals had possession maybe like seventy percent of this game or seventy five percent. But one thing I think Atlanta has for them that they can continue to 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 use is they have. Uh, they're very good at run blocking. So that, that, that kind of explains some of the success Cordero Patterson has had. Algiers, I think they blocked for him really well today as well. Um, but one thing I noticed late in this game, when the Bengals were up by 17 points in the fourth quarter, uh, they ran a design run for Joe Burrow. Um, maybe don't do that. Yeah, maybe, maybe don't get him injured, possibly, uh, when you're up by 17 points. But, um, yeah, I think Bengals are starting to heat up and look good. But we'll go ahead and move on to the Dallas Cowboys beating the Detroit Lions 24-6. I thought the Dallas defense continues to look like one of the best in the league. Ahmed Yusuf, talk about your boys. I actually thought that this was going to be 
I, I, I didn't think that this would be a blowout win. Uh, you know, I thought that, you know, Dak, I expect him to look a little rusty on the first half. A couple of throws off here and there. But then you know what we do. We had multiple drives get into the five-yard line. Um, you know, and then the, Noah Brown ended up fumbling. The other ended up in a field goal. I think in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter, we saw Dak more in sync, being more efficient, the offense being more efficient. So um, that's good to see, and I hope it, you know, hopefully it carries over. The story, though, of this game is the defense. This The defense, to me, was outstanding today. Um, I think, you know, the Lions' offense is a very explosive, you know, uh, offense driven by high, uh, it's driven by big plays. The defense pretty much shut that down today. Allowing six points to that offense is very impressive. Trayvon Diggs now has 17 interceptions in his last 35 games. Michael Parsons has 20 sacks in his first career 23 games. So I think, you know, the defense today is a story, and I'm very impressed by their performance today. The offense, to me, is hopefully continuing in this trend of uh, 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 kind of getting in sync and revving up as we get into the middle part of the season, which you hope, you know, kind of uh, uh, gets you in a peak at the right time of the season. So looking forward to that. Yeah. Oh, go. Can I share my thoughts? There's no nope. story. Every, everybody just jump in. Jump in. There yeah. is no story, okay? The Cowboys beat a garbage team, all right? That's still, you know, you guys know how much of a Dak hater I am. I don't like this guy. He's got a dumb name. He throws weird. He looks like a backup. I don't know how this guy is a starter in the NFL. He's overpaid. The story is that the, the Lions are trash and the Cowboys, they won because they're supposed to win. That's what happens, really. Zeke scored a couple of touchdowns. But, I mean, what do you expect? It's the Lions, man. They, the Lions are like the city of Detroit. Broken down. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I'm going no to censor that for anyone listening to Detroit, if anyone's listening there. The, the hard knocks fever is finally uh, completely worn off, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's no, there, there, there's, there was no uh, fight in them there. I mean, at the, I think for the majority of this game, actually, the Dallas was a little uh, – it was a slugfest. I mean, there was nothing going on. Uh, really, Dallas looked bad which was, I think, the scariest part. At one point, they were down 6-3. I don't know how deep it was in the first half. They're like, man, is Dak ever going to get this thing going? Um, and I don't even know if he did, really. Um, I, I, I do agree. I think the defense really uh, got them, gave them a lot of success. Um, the Lions, again, just just not good enough to – I think we all guessed it. They're not good enough to compete with Dallas in this game, but did we see anything from Dallas to promise anything good moving forward with Dak, at least, at the helm? Not yet. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm on Raw, the sun god, Staffallah. He uh, <laughs> he went out. I think uh, in the first drive, I believe, with a concussion. Um, but so they were definitely hurting that receiver. We'll we'll see what happens with uh, Jamison Williams. I wonder uh, Williamson. I wonder when he's gonna come off the I, IR because uh, they definitely need him. But yeah, I'm on Raw. I don't yeah. know, man. That's a huge. That's a huge loss for them. Yeah, maybe after this injury, he'll change his name to Abdullah, so he's, he's more in line. Uh, I, the Lions' defense in the beginning of this game was was hitting hard. They were breaking up passes. They were getting sacks. Uh, Hutchinson, 
had an amazing uh, sack on that on that one spin move to start the game. That was totally unexpected. And then Jamal Williams had a terrible fumble. I think when the game was six to ten, he had a, a fumble at the goal line with a chance to take the lead. Um, and Dan Campbell, you saw him throwing his headset and. They, they played before. It looked like the Lions scored, but they didn't challenge it. Uh, just really bad, really. That's when the, the game kind of changed. And that coaching moment, I thought, was like really a bad look. And you're right. The luster of the, the uh, you know, from, from, from hard knocks is starting to wear off. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that the story of this game is the Dallas defense. But we'll go ahead and move on to the Tennessee Titans beating the Indianapolis Colts 19-10. The Tennessee pass defense was – the worst in the league coming into this game, the worst in the league, and they stepped up today. They had two interceptions, and I thought that was the decisive factor in this game. Colts are the Colts, I told you guys, I told you guys that the reason we feel good about picking Tennessee was Matt Ryan. He threw a pick and a pick six in the first half alone, so I'm not surprised. That's... I, I'm, Continue to be amazed at how washed he looks. I I did not expect it. I expected him to kind of lead the Colts as being a dark horse. Uh, but he looks more like Carson Wentz than Carson Wentz looks like Carson Wentz. So I don't know. The Colts are the Colts, guys. Uh, they ever since Peyton Manning, I want to say they just bottle things like this. They bottle games like this when they seem like they're making a run. They're not. That was last year. This is, this is. The, it looks the same. It's they have the weapons. Sure, they have some promising players. Sure, defense got a lot of weapons. Maybe they're a little beat up, but it doesn't change the fact that these Colts cannot put a good game together. Um, at least a good season together for sure. But maybe every once in a while we'll get those Matt Ryan games that he had last week. But Colts very, very down on them. Matt Ryan is no longer trying. This guy is donezo. Okay? Yeah. Tom Brady took this man's soul years ago, and he has not recovered. He should go back yeah. home, build a family, and just retire from football. And the Colts... Just like you guys said, the Colts are the Colts. Their owner is a drunkard. And and the team plays like the owner. Trash. <laughs> no chance. But I, I mean, yeah. look, this is a meaningless game, in my opinion. Two teams that nobody cares about, nobody watches. They don't get any love for good reason. Yeah. And um, I don't think anybody here watches the game. Anybody watch this game? Uh, I mean, on, on Red Zone. Here and there, but you know, there there was a trick play that the Titans ran, and both of these teams don't look that great. There was a trick play that the Titans ran with Tannehill handing off the ball to their backup quarterback Malik Willis, and it was just the most awkward thing. And they fumbled the ball and they gave the ball away. It was maybe the dumbest trick play I've ever seen, like maybe ever. It was just like stupid, really, really bad. Um, and then my other takeaway from this that that we're kind of seeing throughout the season, and this isn't anything new, but these divisional games. You can't even predict them. Like, I'm, I'm going to stop trying to predict divisional games because there's no kind of precedent, there's no kind of past performance that can predict, predict what's going to happen in these divisional games. So I might stop trying. Moving on to the next game, Las Vegas Raiders beat the Houston Texans 38-20. to Josh Jacobs ran like a madman, 
totaled 155 yards and three touchdowns. What did you guys see? Like you said it, man. It was all Josh. It was a Josh Jacobs show. Um, I did. I did think uh, uh, the Texans looked good. Um, they, 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 they did look good early. I think in the game, uh, Davis Mills was was tossing the ball really well. But uh, man, the, Josh Jacobs just wrecked that game from the start to the end. He just didn't stop. Um, I, I didn't see much of anybody else. Really, Devontae Adams, anybody. Uh, it was just Josh Jacobs left and right. Um, that was just the fun. I'll say I just love watching good runs and Josh Jacobs. I don't know how he went from starting in the starting in the preseason to to leading the team the way he is. Oh my God, what a what a show he put on today! Josh Jacobs showed out today. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And boy, oh boy, they did not fix it. The Las Vegas Raiders played absolutely amazing. One of the best performances of the year. This team has got a future. However, this future is just disappointment. Having said that, I thought this game was fantastic. I thought both teams showed out. But the Vegas Raiders came out on top. Yeah. Um, So, you know, Hamoud, you mentioned that Devontae, he didn't score a touchdown, but... They were throwing the ball to him a lot. He got a lot of really like short. Well, there was a lot of dinks to him, but then he would uh, he was schooling the, the Houston receivers for or, sorry the defensive backs for most of this game. Uh, the thing that I like about his game is that he gives a lot of effort for yards after the catch, and I find that a lot of big like premier receivers don't do that. And while like he didn't get into the end zone, if you like go back and watch this game, I'm not sure how many catches he had. But I think he had a bunch, like maybe like 10 like double-digit catches or something like that. And he just gives a, a lot of effort for yards after the catch. And um, I wish he was in a better offense overall. But um, uh, Aaron Rodgers could really use him. But, um, yeah. So we'll go ahead and move on to the Kansas City Chiefs beating the San Francisco 49ers 44-23. to so I think the story of this game was a combination of uh, the Niners' injuries on defense and then, you know, like a vintage Mahomes game, and that was too much to overcome for the Niners. Yeah, where is where is Nyeth at, man? He, for like, for the first, I think, half, I was feeling good. I was like, okay, I said that this was going to be a close game and then the, the, the Chiefs would eventually pull away because, you know, they – the, the Niners can't match the firepower. So I was looking good, and then next thing you know, it's like 40 to 20 or whatever it ended up being. I've called something like that. So I don't know where he's at. But, yeah, I agree with you. This was just another typical Mahomes game. I think, you know, a few touchdowns. Um, I was a little surprised when I woke up this morning and I saw Isaiah, Isaiah Pacheco was starting. Because um, I don't – so – Edwards Hilaire has not been great, but he's been scoring some points. So I don't know why they did that, but hey, it worked out for them. So kudos to them. I think for, for the Niners, I know that Jimmy G had that one horrible interception that he threw. He's pretty much uh, he's pretty much due to throw those from time to time. So I think, you know, I think for for the 49ers from their perspective, he'll be okay if they can just keep minimizing how much of the game they put in his hand. 
They just need to get their guys healthy. Yeah. I, I like the Chiefs a lot, man. I loved watching the Chiefs go. And again, like you said, this is vintage Mahomes. I think even Travis Kelsey had a big game. Tight ends in general. I guess national tight ends, they really got him going. But tight ends had, a, had some massive games there um, on each side. Uh CMC looked good. I'm not gonna lie. Watching the game in the beginning, I was like, "Man, the Niners are looking real strong here." I mean, Jeff Wilson was running it well. CMC came in, ran it well. Um, I thought they were really gonna gonna get going and stay stay in this game. If not, steal a win, honestly. But oh, I don't think I, so. I have Harrison Buckner. I was waiting for a field goal at some point in this game, and it just never happened. It was just touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. And it just kept going. Yeah. It just didn't stop. Um, an absolute beatdown by the by the Chiefs offense. They're just too good, too good on offense, and uh, I'm I'm glad we get to see them this way because I feel like every year I feel like man they're gonna take a step back again. They're gonna take a step back. Not yet. They're they're looking they're looking like they're, like they're gonna make a good run this year. Yeah, yeah you know I thought um there there were big interceptions early on in this game from both sides from Mahomes and Garoppolo. Um, as far as McCaffrey, you know, they, they kept talking about how he, he was asking for the playbook uh, during the flight, like right after he got traded. He's like, give me the uh, 49ers playbook. They kept saying that over and over and over. And, and I don't know, the media loves McCaffrey, and they were um, really, really jocking him big time, which was kind of weird. But um, I know why they love him. Why? <laughs> yeah, I think I don't do too. It. Don't say it. I think don't I do it. too. Don't say it. Uh, <laughs> he's, a very, he's a very good running back, that's why. Yeah, that's he's exactly a, right. He's more than a scrappy gym rat, though. You have to give him that. He's more than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I thought it was weird. Surprisingly, like uh, like Omar said, right before the games, it was Pacheco kind of stole the thunder with the, the you know last-minute announcement that he was going to be a starter. So, of course, you know, everyone got pretty excited about that because he showed a lot of promise in the preseason. He, kind of, he does look like he has a little more burst than CEH, um, but really didn't do too much with it. So it was kind of, you know, a mute point. But um, what, about, what about Mr. Hardman? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, he was good. Valdez Scanlon was good. Juju Smith Schuster was good. They were, yeah, I mean, they were all, they were all eating today. It seems, like they, this, uh, it seems like this was the first game in a while where they got, you know, multiple people yes. involved in their offense because. I think both of their receivers, I think Juju and um, MVS both went over 100, and I think Kelsey was pretty much right there, too. So, yep. yeah, I think this was like a good kind of... Tyreek who? Yeah. 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 yeah, you know, speak, yeah. And uh, just a couple of notes in this game. So, Kansas City kicked a fourth, uh, sorry, a, a field goal on third down with 16 seconds left in the half. Um and that kind of, it's like a pattern that they have now of being very conservative end of half. I don't know if that's enemy. I don't know if you guys remember Mahomes and enemy were like fighting like a few weeks ago. And they continue to be very conservative end of half. I don't know what that's about, but that's something to note for later. And Isaiah Pacheco, I agree with you guys. I was a big fan of this guy coming in. Um, and I still am, to be honest with you. And, you know, if you looked at some of his runs, in that number 10, he looks a lot like Tyreek. I mean... He like he he moves very 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 quickly, and I don't think they even though he, they started him, they gave a lot of uh, runs to um, uh, Clyde and to uh, McKinnon, who are both. I think all three of them kind of look like they have the same style kind of, um, 
but I think Pacheco is maybe a little bit faster. He's he's younger, and so he's 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 more kind of resilient. So I look forward to them, you know, giving him more playing time. I think he could be like a game breaker for them. And uh, if they keep playing this way, uh, they're going to make a big run in the AFC. So moving on to the next game, the New York Jets beating the Denver Broncos 16 to nine. Uh, to me, this is all about the Jets' defense. Uh, I think they continue to be one of the best units in the in the league, along with the Cowboys. What do you guys think? I wouldn't call the Cowboys one of the best defenses in the league, but yes, the Jets are the Jets are good. I I, I honestly I, I wouldn't. Call I, I feel like I've been sorry. Yeah, I feel like I've been no no go ahead. I feel like I've been robbed, honestly, from... Well, we've all been robbed from some good football from Brees Hall, I think, for the rest of the season. Yeah. That is that is devastating. Oh, no, it's yeah. devastating. The guy was... I mean, even in that game alone, he, he I just saw him break, what, like a 60-70 yarder for a touchdown. He is magical when he gets the ball. But, you know, ever since that point, it was all defense. Um, I, I, the Jets' defense is, is locked down. I get they were going against a backup quarterback, but... When Cortland Sutton's not getting open, Jerry Judy is only running, not even slants. He's just he, he's just running in front of the quarterback's face. Like, hey, just pass the ball. I'm going to be open at some point. They, they couldn't expect anything else from this game, but the Jets' defense just keeps getting better and better as we go. Ahmed Garner showed out again. Yep. <laughs> Big time. Yeah, I was um, those last two, uh, those last two drives, the last play, they were both. Gardner was right there on both of those throws. Uh, so, yeah. All right, CD on That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Armand, I thought you were going to come at me for saying the Cowboys are not one of the best defenses in the oh, league. Oh, yeah, man. I was just going to say, I, I, I would say that they're one of the best defenses in the league. That's oh. all I was going to say. Oh, okay. Not not only I'll you, but like like nice. just like statistics, we'll say would say they're the be- like one of the best. Honestly, like they're like like Dallas's defense is just you gotta watch them, brother. You gotta watch them. They're they're very a very very good unit with a lot of weapons. But another good defense I thought was the Denver defense. I mean, they're they're a pretty fierce defense, and you know they injured all of the Jets' best offensive weapons. It wasn't only Brees Hall that got injured. Corey Davis got injured, left this game. Uh, I think Garrett Wilson got also got injured and left and left this game for a while, and then already Elijah Moore they like they you know they're trying to trade him, um, or he wants to, to be traded. He was traded. He yeah. was yeah yeah, um, but yeah man going back to that final point about Brees Hall, what a huge loss for them man. I mean after that big run early in this game, I thought with Brees Hall and this defense just just those two, uh, they had. A huge ceiling. I mean, like their, their their ceiling was getting higher and higher and higher. But man, losing Brees Hall, this is like some damn Jets luck. You know what I mean? Like Michael Carter is not going to be able to, to to do what Brees Hall did. And I'm of course, like I told you guys, I'm a big big fan of rookie running backs. And the chances that of them getting injured like this for season-ending injuries are low, but never zero. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with this team, and Denver continues to sink. But maybe we'll they'll see. get Acres. Maybe, maybe, and then Acres will complain again, and then they'll they'll trade Acres, and uh, I don't know, man. I feel bad for the Jets, but we'll see. Anyway, moving on to the last game of the late window, 
You guys know what's coming. Ken Skywalker. Seattle Seahawks beat the Los Angeles Chargers 37-23 to in an amazing game. And I kept all those receipts from the pick'em yesterday about everyone picking against the Seahawks and picking the Chargers. This was an amazing game, guys. And just let me go ahead and, and, and ref for a little bit. So the C- Seattle took a 17-0 lead to start this game. And the defense was amazing. They got picks. They got sacks. They got fumbles. And then DK got injured. And uh, Chargers put up, put up 14 straight points. And then I thought, oh, my God. This game is going to slip away. But then I remember that G- this was a Geno Smith revenge game. I don't know if you guys even remember that Geno Smith played for the Chargers. It was one of the, like, the 15 teams he's played for before including Grody's WVU. But he was on fire all game. Like He was like completing 10-yard passes to Lockett and, and Disley, whatever, and then just like yelling at the sideline and celebrating after like a 10-yard pass. Um, but Goodwin had a great game. He had two touchdowns. Lockett had a, a, a bunch of good grabs. Um, but of course, you know, like Kishab mentioned, Ken Walker. Ken Walker, 168 yards, two touchdowns, um, you know, I, I told you that the defense is now aligning with the offense and look out for the Seahawks. And a Skywalker, man. He's, 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 a, he's a machine. I mean, even though he got that, I'm not going to lie. I was pretty disappointed in his, in his run when they got, when the Chargers got that safety. It seemed like a weak run. Didn't seem like he was motivated to get out of the, end zone there was a little a little weird to watch such a big bruising back and it was weird to watch but with that said made up for it big time um geno smith mar- made marquise goodwin look like an absolute marquise goodwin has been irrelevant ever since he's been drafted i mean all we knew is he's really fast and that was about it the guy looked like an absolute monster getting loose behind the receivers that's kind of what everybody expected from marquise when he got drafted um Somehow Gino grabbed that out of him. It must be Gino's. The fact that Gino came from where he came from, from like the pits of the NFL, is he even going to start ever again? Is he, when is he going to be out of the league to actually start? Like all of a sudden, everybody wants a piece of the Gino magic. Everybody wants a part of it. This is. It's a. It's a. I mean, they're 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 running the division now. That's I think we all expected them to be fourth place. Um, in that division, and somehow they're number one. Number they one. They look like they're the sure number one, too. Ahmad, Ahmad, I have, I have 1% left on my battery, so I just got to gotta give this to you. Okay, yeah. go ahead. You're killing it on the pod. Your Seahawks are killing it. Everything is looking good for you and your squad. You know what you deserve, my friend? You deserve one of these. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's what you deserve. Are you, you there friend? now? Are you there you now? Oh, uh, thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Don't 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 get in trouble there though, man. I know there's some there's some shady stuff that goes on <laughs> yeah, at massage no, parlors. No, I'm gonna keep it clean. I'm gonna keep it clean. <laughs> nice. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Don't definitely. Be craft out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate All right, it, man. Boys, my boys I appreciate it. So I got I got to walk out early. My my sincere apologies. Dradi, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you jumping on, man. Thank you. All right, boys. Enjoy that All massage. Right. No happy endings. Oh, All right. But um, yeah, any any final thoughts on this uh, on this game? Uh, I think um, I think so I'm real quick on, on on the Seahawks. I think I'm starting to kind of 
come around to the idea of this being a good team. I think, you know, the first month or so, you're kind of feeling it out. I feel very differently about them than I do about, like, the Giants, for example. I, I kind of joke about it, I know, but I think, like, I think the Seahawks at this point, you know, I can say are, you know, they look like, like, like Hamoud was saying, they look like they can win that division, like, legitimately. I think for the Chargers, man, like, I don't... I don't know. It's something like it's like I'm expecting them to take this next step, like constantly. And you know, that, you know, I mentioned before that I like. You know, I'm a big Justin Herbert fan. I think you know, other than Dak, other than my guy, Herbert's my favorite. You know, non-Dallas quarterback. I don't know what it is. It's like something always happens. They lose these games. So I don't know. Are they cursed? I don't know. Maybe they need to go back to San Diego at this point. But some something's up with them. And it's just something that I'm going to keep an eye out for the rest of the season. Yeah. Coming into this year, I was like the biggest uh, Herbert truther. I, I even like consider potentially like maybe ranking him number one over Josh Allen. Crazy, I know. I'm, I'm just like a okay. huge Herbert fan. So this season has been pretty tough. I think the the rib injury definitely maybe you know you know put a little crack in his armor, and then you know poor. Pour one out for uh, DK Metcalf, and then likewise on the other side, devastating with uh, looked like Mike Williams might have um, either messed up his knee or, or potentially uh, broke his ankle or something like that. But he, you know, he couldn't even put any weight on his leg. Um, that would be a tremendous loss. I think uh, Keenan Allen actually um, retweaked his hamstring. Uh, they didn't even have uh, Jordan Palmer in this one because he had a concussion last game, and. Watching this game, I, this is a game I actually watched really closely. Um, Everett, just like, it shows why teams never, like, stick with him. He'll always make a couple good plays, but then he always makes boneheaded plays. Every game you see it, he runs the, he runs the wrong route. He gets tired, they have to take him off the field. He's just never, con, like, consistent ever. Um, he's, a, he's a good tight end, uh, great athleticism, but, you know, this was a smash matchup, and let me see what he ended up with. Uh, he had a good game for a tight end, but just it could have been a lot better. And, but they're going to need him more than ever now. Um, and Eckler just dominating. But uh, but K nine, rookie of the year maybe they're calling him K nine because he's a oh, dog. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, he might be now that Brees is uh, hurting. He might be a contender for rookie of the year. Just his his cuts are ridiculous. Just like like on a on a dime. It's pretty remarkable. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. No, the injuries in this game. Uh, NFL is a brutal league, man. I mean, DK, hopefully he's not out for the season. It didn't look like the play on that jump ball didn't look like anything really big happened. Hopefully it's just something small. But you're right, Mike Williams, uh, Keenan Allen, but then also J.C. Jackson, their best um, their best cornerback, one of the best defensive players, big signing, uh, carted out in an air cast. Um, Chargers have some bad energy, man. That team might be cursed for some reason. But... Um, yeah, Seahawks, number one in the division. You love to see it. All right, fellas. Well, we're at the end of the podcast here where we like to uh, give our hottest take of the week, uh, your most controversial opinion. And I'll go ahead and get started, and you guys can jump in after. So Robert Saleh uh, used to be with the Seahawks. He kind of started off early in his career with the Seahawks during the glory days. And the Jets already have eight interceptions on the season, which matches their total from last year. Ahmed Gardner, LaMarcus Joyner, DJ Reed, Jordan Whitehead. 
I think that they are the best defensive back group in the league. I think Robert Saleh is recreating his own Legion of Boom. Do you guys have any hot takes? Spot on. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I'm leaning towards a really interesting one here. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, it's not going to be a famous one, but first of all, I don't know what, what happened to Jamar Chase after that game. Um, I don't know. He got, I know he got hurt during the game. I don't know how serious it is, but um, continuing on from this performance this week in the past few weeks, actually, I think there's a, there's a, there's a good reason to believe there's a resurgence of Tyler Boyd. Um, I don't know if you guys recall when he uh, when he really took over that Bengals offense. Him and Dalton really, um, after AJ Green, um, kind of just went through that rally of injuries. I think uh, Tyler Boyd uh, makes a makes a makes makes a lot of noise in that Bengals offense and leads them into the playoffs. Actually, uh, with Joe Burrow, uh, he'll he'll take a nice good step ahead of Higgins here all of a sudden and. Again, depending on how a long chase is out for, I think he plays a big role. Hmm. Okay. Um, so it's not really a hot take, but <laughs> since uh, we, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but again, I I do not understand why the 49ers traded for Christian McCaffrey. They did not need to do this. I So my take here is that this was a huge mis- misallocation of resources. Shanahan has proven that he can have elite rushing game, like schemes, elite rushing attacks without elite running backs. And I know Begnid doesn't even think elite running backs exist, so that's fine. And I think you know he didn't need to do this. Giving up that much for him, when you factor in his history of injuries, when you factor in his contract, I think was a major L. Uh, I think he'll be fine. Like, I think he can play. Like, even today, he was averaging, like, five yards a carry almost. I think he's fine. It's just you can't rely on it. And I think, you know, you could have used – if you were going to trade for something, you know, you could have used that and, you know, uh, uh, and gone after something else that you may have needed at other spots and maybe have tried to get a different running back for less money or less uh, – for less, uh, you know, less of a haul, like a Cam Akers or something, who obviously isn't as good as McCaffrey, but it doesn't matter because you can make him look almost as good. Exactly. So, agreed. That's kind of my point about that. Agreed. We'll finish off with Hashem because I think we only have a couple minutes left on this call. So, Hashem, you have any other takeaways? You forgot about uh, Rashid Shaheed. <laughs> no, yeah, from the Thursday night game. It was so long ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the Oma is killing. This week, man, with uh, Bilal Muhammad and Islam. <laughs> yeah. Ahmed Garner, uh, Robert Sala. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Um, my hot take, I think uh, I might just be clamoring for it, but uh, I'm going to say the um, the Falcons turn to Ritter uh, next week at home. Uh, yeah. I, I'll, my hot take will be they, they announce it like midweek, but I just have a vibe that maybe Mariota is going to not do great, and um, they're going to go to Ritter. Okay, I like that. I, I think he's going to do. I think he's going to do well. I, I was a big fan of his. Um, a lot of pundits thought he wasn't that accurate. Um, kind of similar vein to like Josh Allen, um, but I think he's accurate enough, and you know he's got four or five speed. 
So he can definitely, you know, get out of the pocket and scramble like Mariota can. Um, but I think he's just going to be keep his eyes downfield a little bit more and, and hit. Oh, yeah, he's a great uh, middle-of-the-field thrower. So I think he's going to improve with London and Pitts a lot, and I think the offense is just going to get a lot more juice. And I, I think he's a great quarterback, actually. I think I'm a big fan. I think Ritter's going to show out. Absolutely. Only way they can go is up. All right, guys. Thank you all for joining today. This has been the Football v. Football Podcast. This has been the NFL Week 7 Recap Roundtable. Follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, and Kofi. All the information is down below. Thank you, Omar Yusuf. Thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hamoud. And have a fantastic day, football fans. Thank you, fellas.